There's a verse in the Quran. Um, it says, and when we recite the Quran, we always say, in the name of God, the most merciful, the most gracious. Bismillah, ar-Rahman, ar-Rahim. And says, sometimes you hate uh, things happening to you, but you will learn that is ultimately for your good. And it's really hard to understand that, you know, as a youngster uh, growing up in Iraq, I was like, when things, when bad things happens to you, you don't understand. How could that be good for me? And as someone who has always had a loving relationship with God, without any definition of what God means or what and how, I grew up with a mother who told me, don't see God as one thing, see God as everything. See God in the flowers, see God in the sand, see God in the trees, see God in the air. And so I, that love for God is always very present since my childhood as God, as the everything. And when things happened to me, you know, when I was raped or violated and displaced and taken away from my family, and when I witnessed my country raptured and destroyed, and when I then end up working in war zones, I, I founded Women for Women International that works in war zones, and I see the awful acts of inhumanity, I did not understand that Quranic verse. How could God says, God, that's supposed to stand for love and justice and fairness. How could God says some things, you know, you may think uh, sometimes things bad happen to you, but they're ultimately for your good. I did not understand that. And, you know, and I think when we love God, we have a relationship with God. And at least for me, that relationship was loving. And then when I encountered all the bad things in my life or I witnessed all the bad things that in humanity that I witnessed I was angry I was angry uh, at God and I, I I did not and I was mad and I was like did not speak to God for a while because how could that happen how could that happen I don't understand and then I encountered um, a Rumi poem and Rumi is a 13th century Sufi poet and Sufis, as I'm sure most of you know, believe that um, the connection is uh, directly with God and that we are each as humans are to empty ourselves from all the things that, um, all the muddy stuff uh, to clear ourselves so that God can whisper through us and, can, and so we can become the flute that God can make music through us. So that's what Sufi says. It's like, how do you empty yourself? Ramadan today is about a, a process where, where we do not have food or the distraction of our of life gets in the way. So it's a month where you do not eat from sunrise to sunset, drink from sunrise to sunset, but nor smoke or gossip or do any mean things to anybody in a month of purity. So you may allow for God, you know, the space for God to whisper through you, to make music through you. And so I hear this Rumi poem and, and he says, it, it's called the guest house. And it says, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows. 
who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thoughts, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So how, how can we transfer this pain and despair, the loss of loved ones, the injustices, the burning of our homes, the killing of our people, the, the raping of the women, the pillaging. How can we transfer this emotions, the anger, the rage into a state where Rumi is saying, be grateful to whatever comes or what the Quran says, it may be good for you. Ultimately, you'll learn that it will be good for you. How could we transfer that? Well, I have come to learn not to judge emotions. You know, a lot of you know, people process different emotions in different ways. We are now going through, some people are suffering from anxiety or loneliness or depression or rage or anger or despair and all of these emotions. And I used to be afraid of these emotions. And then at one point I decided to actually let, the, let each emotion be in, fully in. Let me embrace each emotion. Let me embrace the rage. Let me embrace the loneliness. Let me embrace the despair and the anger and the pain. And let me embrace all of that. Let me embrace the joy and the love. And what I, the switch of the, my, in my mindset about emotions was before you are afraid of these emotions. So like, and you judge them. And when I decided to embrace uh, them, whatever emotion it is, I became a student of that emotion. In other words, you know, sort of like, oh, so that's what loneliness means. When you let yourself be lonely or when you let yourself be, be in despair or anxious or rage or anger or loving or joy. Oh, so that's what it means. You, it becomes like a book that I study all its corners, all its pages. And eventually I learned to get out of it once you studied it like any other book. And it becomes a book in the shelf of my library. And one day when I meet someone else, I look at these, I understand the emotion in myself rather than judge their emotions. So then again, how do I, how do we move the emotions from the pain to the gratitude, from the pain to understanding, actually, this could be good for us. Um, you know, and, you know, here's the thing about emotions. I learned that when I, when I make it me, then I'm not growing. But when I make it a study of the emotions, then I am growing. So it's the goal here is not to always be in a state of love or always to be in a state of anger or always be in a state of joy or always be in a state of despair. The goal here is to actually move in all the emotions. You know, again, I quote Rumi. And in the poem, he says, when the hands is always open, or the hands is always closed and there is no movement. Basically, if it was, if it were always a fist or always stretched open, you would be paralyzed. Your deepest presence is in every contracting and expanding. The two as beautifully balanced and coordinated as bird wings. So the goal here is not to stay in one emotion, but to expand it 
and extra contracted and understand the meaning of each one of it. Again, how does that, how does someone like me who have witnessed women's breasts being cut, witness women being raped in front of the whole village, witness my home country destroyed and millions of people killed, witness mothers after mothers raped and pillaged and burned, witness the demonization of my people as I witness demonization of other people. How could I transfer that rage at injustice into a sense of gratitude? and trusting, most importantly, trusting life. So I was in working in one of the war zones. I worked in war zones for 25 years in my life. And that's when you witness the worst acts of humanity. And I, was enter I entered in Bosnia, uh, a Sufi shrine. And in the Sufi shrine, they were written uh, in the corners of the room, the 99 names of God in Islam. So God in Islam, is neither birth nor born, is not, uh, does not have a, a child or a, a parent. God is the all and God has 99 names. And it was my first time, even though I grew up a Muslim, it was my first time to realize that something about these names is contradicting to each other. God, for example, is the all forgiving and God is the all dominating. God is the giver and God is the taker. God is the merciful and God is the punisher. It is the contrasting of all of these emotions. And God, the, the hundredth name, is in the all, is in the all. So again, how does, you, how does one reconcile this emotion within ourselves? Reconcile uh, 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 the, the contrast in God, the injustice about this world into a sense of, understanding, wow, this is actually have evolved me into something else. Well, I, I can only tell you about the moments of my own reconciliation. And it came always through heartbreaks. And the heartbreaks first was personal. You know, I, as I told you, been through a lot of displacement from my country. I was, you know, in an arranged marriage, abused marriage. I was raped, all of these things. Then the heartbreaks was at witnessing at the injustice of humanity. Then the heartbreaks was at the no, witnessing the demonization of so many people, not only Muslims, but as, as we are right now, indigenous people, African-American people, all people who are marginalized over centuries and generations. And, and it, that made me angry and rage, still is. And then, then I died. I died. And in, in, these, in all of these heartbreaks, I mean, I died, I literally died. I actually had a health crisis in which life ceased to me. And in these heartbreaks, there are pauses, pauses in life. Everything stops. As my teacher, Angela's Arian, a Basque shaman, who says, everything about life is slow to medium. The rhythm of life is slow to medium. But us humans move so fast, so fast that we stop noticing the rhythm of life. And in the pauses of life, and in my case, that sometimes it forces itself on me. Obviously, we don't choose bad things to happen to us. In these pauses of life, you sort of slow down into the rhythm of life, slow to medium. And in that slow to medium rhythm, I can only tell you what I have come to learn is that I have heard, heard 
earth's heartbeat is I had come to witness as we all have come to witness in the last year spring's arrival slowly after winter is I have come to learn the goodness of humanity despite all if I I have come to learn that truth does come out the Nat Turner's uh, people of the world, the Nat Turner's story of the world does come out full circle and shows the justice of it and the injustices of it. The What happened to indigenous people and, and their wisdom and the pure and the knowledge they have from being demonized to executed to now honored as the right thing that we all need to do for this earth does come out. I have come, I have come to learn that ultimately truth does come out. I have come to learn, to trust in the goodness of humanity because in these pauses, love does emerge and people do, and there are good people who do emerge and community and family and friends do show up. And then that spring always emerges after every winter and that in these pauses, I have allowed for me to arrive to my heart center. And that is where I found God. That is where I found God. And so I have reached a point. You know, they say there's a age, something about age in my 50s. I don't know. Maybe it is true. I have reached a point, I can tell you, that I am so grateful, so grateful for every pain I have encountered in my life, for the dictator that ravaged my country for the wars I have encountered, for the injustice and the gossip and the betrayals and the backstabbing. I have come to be so grateful for all of that line that hurt me of people and of circumstances because they have each made me who I am. Each made me who I am, a woman who has learned to arrive to her heart center and find God within and to trust life. So how grateful I am for all of life and how trusting I have arrived to become that justice shall triumph and hope will is and love is always ultimately going to be bigger than all. Ultimately is going to be bigger than all. And with that, I thank you for allowing me to share what I have come to learn in my life experience and to honor and share with you the celebration of Ramadan this month, a month that allows us to empty ourselves from the distractions of our lives and to be back, allow the space to arrive to our heart center. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend uh, Lewis, for allowing me that space.